Psalm 98, starting in verse number 1, the Bible says, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm. With trumpets and the and sound of cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, before he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Come back, let's read it together now. Verse number four, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. I think we can do a little bit better than that. Let's read verse number four together again. You ready? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful verse of Scripture? So many commands just in that one verse of Scripture. And uh, I almost entitled, I entitled the message today, A Song of Victory. But uh, more on my heart is just looking at this subject matter, a refreshing of rejoicing. A refreshing of rejoicing. Let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the word of God. And uh, Lord, we're so thankful as we look into the scriptures that, uh, Lord, we can read psalms like this that just declare your goodness. And then, Lord, the command to be able to praise you and to be able to rejoice and give thanks. And, uh, Lord, you're so wonderful to us. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. And, Lord, I pray if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, they don't understand, Lord, how wonderful of a God that you are. Lord, that you'll put a new song in their heart, and, uh, Lord, they'll be able to sing to you. So, Lord, I pray, if that's the case, if there's one here this morning, Lord, they'd come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, do that work in our hearts that only you can do. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at this chapter of Scripture, I'm reminded, and I want to show this to you, if you ever need to go back and just need some some psalms to be able to read, maybe to be able to put a song in your heart. Look back at chapter number 95, just to maybe the, the page before, because they are shorter. But Psalm 95 starts off with, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. 
Look at chapter number 96 and verse number 1. The Bible says, O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day today. And then we read chapter 98, which starts with, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. And then we skip it, verse 90, chapter 99 just starts with, The Lord reigneth. That's something to be able to sing about, by the way. And then we get to Psalm 100 that starts off with, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And then Psalm 101 says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. And so we see through these psalms right here, uh, ending in Psalm 101 and uh, starting there in Psalm 95, that we have some psalms that are given to us to encourage us to be able to sing before the Lord. And you say, well, pastor, I don't have that good enough of a voice. And all God's people said, amen. And uh, you say, what is it about this singing? Can I say this? There's nowhere in the Bible that we're actually commanded to sing to be pleasing in the ears of those that are around us. But we are commanded, and how many are nudging that person beside you saying, that's my principle right there, that's my verse. I'm not supposed to sing for your plea. It does help once in a while, by the way. And, uh, but we are commanded, and we just read some of these, that we're to be making a joyful noise unto the Lord. And so there ought to be a song in our heart. There ought to be something that is upon our lips. And I'm not going to ask how many of you will drive down the road and listen to your favorite gospel music, by the way, and uh, Christian music, and be singing to the Lord when you're all by yourself in the car. I'm not going to tell who was driving my car the other day, but I could sure tell when I got in and I hooked my phone up to the car, the volume was up about 18 to 20, and I said they were having a good time driving my car. I said, and the music was up and enjoying walking with the Lord, singing with the Lord. How many of you found yourself singing as you go down the road and you're by yourselves? How many, and then afterwards, it, uh, it kind of hits you that someone beside you might have saw you singing and thinking that you're crazy as you're driving down the road? Well, I'd rather be taken crazy for Jesus than crazy for something else, by the way. But he gives us the command as we come throughout the scriptures to be able to sing. There ought to be a a song in our heart. There ought to be a refreshing of rejoicing, especially as we just came through Thanksgiving. And it was really, I know in my heart and life, it was kind of a relaxed week. And we were able to give thanks. We were able to praise the Lord. We were able to have family around. We're thankful for the time that we're able to spend. And uh, just so thankful to the Lord for His blessings. I wrote about it in the bulletin this morning as we're giving thanks. that We do have so much to give thanks for. Some have been saved over this past year. And aren't you thankful for eternal salvation that God's given to us? And uh, you might be seated here this morning. You just got saved this year and uh, what a blessing that is but then as we rehearse that maybe you just came in and you just got to be part of Granite State Baptist Church or maybe you're just getting settled in and I wrote about all that in the bulletin but regardless of all of that 
we can still give praise and thankfulness to the Lord. And as I was brought to Psalm chapter 98, there's several principles down through here about a song of victory that is being sung unto the Lord and really the reason behind the singing as we look into Psalm chapter number 98. And so as we look down through here, I want you to see several things. First of all, in this song of victory, some of the reasons behind it we see is because of the right hand of God in battle. Now, this is an interesting study. You don't have to take the time. We won't take the time this morning. But uh, if you just start doing a search throughout the scriptures... And specifically in the book of Psalms, I believe it is over 60 times that specifically the right hand of God is mentioned. And here we have it mentioned in verse number 1 where it says, For he hath done marvelous things, and look at this, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Can I remind us that God can do more with one arm and one hand than what all of us can do in all of our human attributes and strength. God can do more with his one hand than we could ever dream of doing. And here it's mentioned about his right hand and his holy arm. And listen, when we see his right hand, the majority of times it is in the case of providing and taking care of his children. Now it is a whole different story, and especially here when it says his holy arm. You know, there's times throughout the book of Psalms that it talks about the right hand of God, but then it talks about he hath Bared his arm. You know what it is when you're getting ready to roll up your sleeves? There's either one of two things that's getting ready to take place. You're rolling up your sleeves because you're going to work. Or you're rolling up your sleeves because you're fixing to go to battle. And can I say both of them are mentioned for the Lord Jesus when you start studying throughout the book of Psalms and start reading. Let me read a few of these to you. May I say this and just give us a reminder that we can rejoice in the Lord today and have that refreshing simply because of the right hand of God. You say that's awfully simple. Let me share a few verses with you. Back in Psalm chapter 20 and verse number 6, I'll just read this to us. Psalm 20, and listen, I, I, I just picked a few out of the over 60 that's mentioned throughout the, just the book of Psalms about the right hand of God. Chapter 20, verse number 6 says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength, guess what? Of his right hand. Of his right hand. Psalm chapter 44. Chapter 44 and verse number 3. This is talking about the nation of Israel as they were delivered out of Egypt and were going into the promised land. Here's what verse number 3 says. It says, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but by thy right hand 
and thine arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hast a favor unto them. Can you imagine the right hand of the Lord? I'm going to turn over to chapter 60 and verse number 5. Chapter 60 and verse number 5. Here's what the Bible says. We'll start back with verse number 3. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah, that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand and hear me. One more that I'll give to us over in chapter 91. I'll give you two more. Chapter 91. I love Psalm 91, a dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And down in verse number 7, here's what the Bible says. Guess what it talks about in verse number 7. You're right. His right hand. Verse number 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, and it shall not come nigh thee. Why aren't you thankful for the right hand of God? Turn over to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Boy, this is absolutely wonderful passage of Scripture. We won't read all 29 verses down through there, but we'll read the verse, verse 6. Psalm 118, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me boy we see this as we come down through and listen it doesn't mention exactly his right hand at that verse of scripture but I want to remind us as we read down through for the sake of time listen I'll read it to you verse 16 The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. You say, Pastor, what are we looking at this morning? You know, we could have entitled this and just dealt with the right hand of God and just entitled it, God, would you give me a hand? But he starts off back in Psalm chapter 98. Listen, if we're going to live victorious, if we're going to sing victorious, if we're going to have a refreshing of rejoicing in our hearts, imagine the times that God has used his right hand to be able to guide us, to be able to provide for us, to be able to protect us as we've gone through this life. It's like the old song that's been written that I'll just trust to the unseen hand. That's guiding me. Aren't you thankful for the right hand and the holy arm of God that we can rejoice in? Hey, listen, there's times that your hand and your arm might not be able to do anything. But I'm sure thankful for the right hand of the Lord. 
I'm sure thankful that through his right hand he hath gotten the victory the Lord Jesus Christ has. Second of all, as I come down through here, not just the right hand of battle, but I see the revealing of his salvation. Look at verse number 2. The Lord hath made known his salvation. How many can rejoice this morning that God has revealed his salvation to each and every one of us? Aren't you glad that you're saved this morning? Well, I'm thankful he's revealed it to me. You say, well, I don't know about that. Let me share a few, few verses of scripture with you. You don't have to turn all of the, turn, turn to all of these. I'll read them to you. Hebrews chapter number 2, the revealing of his salvation. Verse number 9 says, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for his salvation that he's revealed unto us? Hey, there's still people out there that know nothing about the eternal salvation that Jesus has offered to them. Know nothing at all. But it's been revealed to us. Aren't you thankful for that? And some it gets revealed to and they turn away from it and they resist it. What about what the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse number 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Aren't you thankful that his salvation has been revealed unto us? Aren't you thankful, as according to Titus, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men? Well, I'm thankful for verses like that. I'm thankful for John chapter 12 and down around verse number 32 that Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Why aren't you thankful for verses like that? That God's revealed salvation. You say, listen, everything that God brought me through. That man I was talking to this week, he had made the statement to me on the phone. And he said, and, and I understand where he's coming from. He said, it seems like all my life, he said, it's the religious people in my life that just seem the most stable and have things together. I said, you know why that is? It's not because of the religion. I said, it's because of what they all had in common. I said, and that's the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ and eternal salvation that's been revealed to them and stability in our hearts and lives. Listen, do you remember the day if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Hey, God may have put together all these series of events and everything all through your life just to bring you to this point to be able to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation for all of eternity. Hey, we've got something to rejoice about today. Not just that we go through life and there's times that the right hand of God provides and protects us and guides us throughout life, but where he can rejoice today because he's revealed his salvation unto each and every one of us. And listen, you may say, I'm not saved, but guess what? You can be eternally saved today. And you don't have to delay one bit. That's how on the spot salvation really is. But then can I remind us this? Thirdly, down in verse number 2, at the end of the verse, it says, His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. Not only the right hand of the Lord and the revealing of his salvation, but his righteousness is shown to the heathen. You say, I don't understand that. Can I say this? Whether they realize it or not, there'll be one day that they're going to see that God is a righteous judge. They're going to realize that he does all things well. Do you understand it's out of his love and his righteousness 
that he actually has to punish evil? Because that's who he is. It would not be righteous and just if he did not. But there's one of these days, and listen, the judgment of God will be poured out. And even the heathen will see. You mean the heathen that deny him? You mean the heathen that say there is no God? The heathen that that try to spit in the face of Almighty God? You mean those heathen are going to see that God is a righteous God? Yes, 100%. Even back here, David is speaking in the past tense. He says that he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. Do you understand that God even revealed himself not just to his people, but to the heathen, that the heathen may say there is a God in heaven. Do you understand after Daniel was thrown in the den of lions, when you get over there and around Daniel chapter number 6, that it was Darius that came back and said, Hey, has your God kept you alive all night long? What about King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter number 3? By the end of it, listen, he sees Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he sees the fourth man, like unto the Son of Man, the Son of God walking around in that fire. And by the end of it, even King Nebuchadnezzar says, there is no God that delivers like their God. Hey, listen, even King Cyrus, back in Ezra chapter number 1, when they're getting ready to go back and to be able to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, listen, even King Cyrus says, to build the house of God, the God of the whole earth. He even understood exactly who he was. Listen, even though he wasn't a believer, even though he didn't walk with God, God still revealed exactly who he was to the heathen. And may I remind us that the righteousness of God, he will openly show in the sight of the heathen. God may even use us to be able to reveal that. The revealing of his salvation, the righteousness that is showed to the heathen. But then I want us to get down to verse number four, and I want you to see the rejoicing of all creation. The rejoicing of all creation. We're reminded that the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Time and time again throughout the book of Psalms, we see it. Look what he commands us here in verse number four. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You say, who is that? Well, may I say it's not just a who in this passage of Scripture, but it's also a what. He says, all the earth make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. But then he gets to actual creation to the people. He says, sing unto the Lord with the harp and with the harp and a voice of a psalm. With trumpets and sound of cornet make joyful noise before the Lord and King. But I said, oh, all creation is to rejoice. All creation. Look what he said in verse number seven. Let the sea roar. You know, one of the favorite things that my dad and my mom ever did, whenever there was a big storm that was coming into the North Atlantic, they would always get down there whenever the waves were coming in and they'd always go down to a place called Land's End, down on Bailey's Island, south of Harpswell. And you say, why is it called Land's End? I'm sure some of you can think about that. Literally, the road dead ends. There's a guardrail and the ocean. And there's no sandy beach that's there. 
It's only rocks that are 15 and 20 foot high that are surrounding down there. And you can walk out onto the rocks. And the one thing my mom and dad would always do is just go down there when the storm was coming in. They might be 5 or 10 foot swells that were coming in there and crash upon those rocks. And all they'd do is sit there and say, boy, we serve a good God. And the beauty of his creation, and I believe it was during those times what the Bible is talking about, the sea roaring. But hold on, the Bible says that that's actually giving praise to the Lord. You ever thought about creation? Giving praise back to our Savior? Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. But look at this. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. You say, how do they do all that? I'm not sure, but I do know the oceans roar. I know the hills are clapping their hands and rejoicing and giving praise unto our Savior. You say, why is that? Because they're just rejoicing and worshiping their Creator. And I thought, you know, if the hills and the mountains can give praise to the Lord, then we have something to rejoice about, don't we? We have something to be able to give thanks about. We have something that, listen, there can be a refreshing of rejoicing in our hearts. You say, but pastor, it's been a long time since I've had the joy of the Lord down in my soul. Then can I encourage you this morning, get it back. Get it back. Ask the Lord, listen, read down through these Psalms. Read about what David is saying. Read about the commands of being able to give praise and to be able to sing unto our Savior. And listen, if the mountains can do it, then pastor can do it. And I'm saying, listen, we've got so much more to be able to sing about and to rejoice about. That's a cursed earth out there. Thankfulness to Brother Dana and Brother Andy. They brought me back safely from the top of a mountain and got me back safely on Wednesday. But all we did when we get up there is we just look around and say, man, it's just beautiful. And it's a cursed earth. I thought it was cursed when I got up there and the wind was blowing 40 or 50 miles an hour. I said, of course it's a cursed earth. But I said, we enjoy all of that. But I'm saying, hey, they're not even saved for all of eternity. I'm saying, I've got a Savior. And He's revealed His salvation to me. And He's saying, listen, the rejoicing of creation. Sing unto the Lord with a harp. Isn't it wonderful? Now listen, I'm I'm not against instruments. You can tell that. I believe they ought to be played correctly. And I I believe that they ought to be played to be able to give glory and honor unto the Lord. But do you understand what's being said right here? He's talking about the harp. He's talking about the trumpets. He's talking about the cornet. We could go over to Psalm 150. I'll I'll just touch on it. Psalm chapter 150. He gets into all of it over here about giving praise. Psalm 150 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Listen to this. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon every high-sounding cymbal. Pray, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye 
the Lord. Now listen, when I read down through there, we ought to be given praise. We have something to rejoice about. Is that turkey still settled in on you this morning? Listen, we have a song of victory, but a refreshing of rejoicing in our lives. Because the Lord hath saved us. The Lord hath created us. He hath delivered us. His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. But I want you to see this by the end of it. Listen, there's a rewarding from the judge in verse number 9. Before the Lord, for He cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall He judge the world and the people with equity. That equity just means a, an equal passing out of judgment. That's, that's all it means. Is He's going to be fair across the board. Do you understand that God rewards for good and for evil? And as I look at this phrase right here, I'm so thankful. Hey, we can praise the Lord now. There's a judgment day coming. You say, oh, well, I don't look forward to that. Hey, if everything's right between us and God, we ought to be able to look forward to it. I, th I think if things are right between us and God now, we can start rejoicing before we get to judgment. You say, but we're going to suffer loss. Yes, we are. But you know something? I want to be right with God when I enter into it. And he is going to be rewarding. He is a righteous judge. I, I've been hung up on the phrase as I look around this world and, and I see what's taking place. Hey, listen, I go all the way back into the Old Testament where it says, shall not the judge of the, the earth. Listen, you go back where, where Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham says, shall not the judge do right. He's just going to do right. And I thought, listen... We don't have anything right now that has to keep us down for eternity. Yes, we go through things. Yes, there's trials, there's tribulations. Some of you have gone through things this year that if, if it hit someone else, you'd say, man, it, it just devastate me. But you know something? We still have a reason to rejoice. We still have something that God puts inside of us that we're saved. His right hand and His holy arm hath won the battle. He is righteous. We can rejoice because we're the creation of the Lord. And when I look down through this passage of Scripture, I want to encourage us. Listen, we may be coming to the end of a year. We've got four more Sundays. Four more Sundays, you understand? And, and, and 2021 is over. And we're getting into 2022. Some thought would never make it. 21 years ago, Y2K was devastating everything. Now it's COVID. You understand? It's something every couple years. Something's coming through. And we may look at it and say, Pastor, I just can't wait for this year to be over. Now hold on. Don't end the year without the times of rejoicing. Don't end the year without going back and saying, Hey, here's a couple thoughts that, that hit me this week. And I made mention of this on the hike, and I'm, I'm not going to use illustrations every time I go hiking. But we stopped, and I told them I was just admiring the view, but really I was wore out and I needed a break. <laughs> but I did make this statement while we were going up there. I said, you know, it might have just been in my heart, but I've said it a few times since then. 
I said, there are some times, I said, to truly enjoy the journey, I said, you've got to turn around and see where God's brought you from. And I said, because you turn around and you see that and you see some of the views and you say, we just made it through all of that. And boy, look how beautiful that is now. And I thought, you know, there's sometimes, and here's what I do, and I say this every year going into the final few weeks of the year. I'll take my time to stop and reflect. Because it seems like we see so much accomplished and we have so much ahead of us. But I thought, I need to stop and look back and enjoy the blessings that God's brought us through to be able to get to this point. We have something to be able to rejoice over. We have something to be able to refresh that. And What I'm praying, and listen, I could have preached all five, six, seven of these psalms that are saying, listen, we need to be singing, we need to be rejoicing. But I want to get it across to us tonight. If you've gone a long time without a song in your heart, it's time to get it back. It's time to say, but you say, Pastor, I'm so discouraged. I'm so down. Then listen, let's deal with that. Let's have that as a reality. Yes, we acknowledge that. We work through that. But listen, let's get the song from the Lord back into the depths of your soul. That it's okay. There used to be a time you'd walk around with a whistle on your lips. There used to be a time you'd walk around with a song coming out of your voice, with your voice, out of your soul. There used to be that time. You say, well, I've just got bogged down with life. Let's get the song back. God gives us enough reason down through here in Psalm 98 to be able to get it back. I'm so thankful for what the Lord's done to us, done for us. Brought us through. You know, all he asks in return is, why don't you rejoice and sing praises to me? Because the Lord is wonderful. Maybe I'll hand out those verses at some point or you can go find them yourself just on the right hand of the Lord. And just look down through there and then see where it says he makes bare his arm. He's fixing to go to work on our behalf. Aren't you thankful you got Jesus on your side? But I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. A song of victory, a refreshing of rejoicing. How long has it been since you had the song in your heart? If it's been a while, then why don't you get it back? Invitation is that simple. Why don't you get your song back and have the joy of the Lord in your heart? It may not change the circumstances around you, but you know something? It'll change us in the circumstances. I sat down with a lady yesterday. Nancy Buffito. Miss Crystal and I went by, sat down. You know the one desire, besides living for the Lord and serving the Lord, she just said this. She said, Pastor, I just can't wait to be back. And I thought, I sure hope I don't have to go through something like that to miss church. I'm not just talking about staying out of church. I'm talking about missing church. You miss church long enough, you begin to miss church. And I thought, you know, I sure hope we would have that desire. Song in our heart. Boy, the joy of the Lord was there. She said, God's taught me so much through all of this time. She wasn't complaining. 
And I thought in her way, with the Lord working in her heart and life, she still got the joy of the Lord in her heart. And I said, Lord, would you help each and every one of us to sing unto the Lord? I'm not, I may not ask you to come up and sing a special this morning, but sing unto the Lord. Is there, is there a song in your heart? Or maybe you need to get it back. And maybe today would be the day that you get it back.